What's up? What's up, guys? What's up, ladies? What's up, everybody? Uh, episode four of the Frame Football Frame of Mind podcast. Um, we're breaking down um, the Big Ten today. Uh, Big Ten is a great conference, historic conference. Uh, some of the greatest games, some of the greatest teams have come uh, from the Big Ten. So, uh, but first and foremost, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing all right about yourself, bro. Good, 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 man. So, uh, obviously, uh, breaking it down. Uh, first, first segment. Um, let's take a step back to last season. Uh, Michigan was the Big Ten champion uh, after mm-hmm. defeating, uh, I think it was Purdue in the championship game, uh, convincingly. <laughs> actually, uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was actually going to be one of the closest uh, championship games last year because uh, Purdue had a wide open offense, and I was like. You know, anything can happen when you run spread offense in my eyes. So I thought mm-hmm. they were going to do it. Uh, Michigan fell in the playoff to TCU. Uh, I think shocking to all of us. Uh, but um, but nonetheless, we're talking Big Ten. And in their conference, they are the defending champs. Uh, so going into this season, uh, what you what you think? You know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as uh, the Big Ten, you know. I mean, this year is going to be a transitional year. You got to think after this year, you're going to get UC, uh, UCLA and USC next season. So I'm not going to say this year is irrelevant, but I think this year could be interesting. You got a lot of good head coaches. You got a lot of good teams. Uh, I'm not going to say it's up in the air. I think the favorites are the favorites, but uh, I'm confident. I think I think a lot of teams that struggled last year are going to come out swinging this year. I don't know if they'll contend for a East or I mean a East or West division, but I think it'll definitely be interesting. At least a lot more interesting than it has been because I mean, the last five years or so, it's always been Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. It's the same every single year. And obviously, like I said before, it's going to change next year, but I think this year will be interesting for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, I think uh, conference would be. Interesting. Um, like I said, Michigan is defending champs, so they're the, the top dog. Uh, but uh, Ohio State has something to say, man. Uh, that rivalry seems to every year uh, decide who's coming out of the East. So mm-hmm. um, I think uh, they tired of uh, uh, Michigan winning. I think uh, last year kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, which I don't think you should you should fire Ryan Day. I don't think that's like no, it's consistently good. Yeah, I don't I don't think I, I don't agree with that. People talking about he's in the hot seat. I don't believe in that at all. No. Uh, but I do believe that defensively they should take a step forward. Um and some other teams uh that I'm looking at uh, aside from the top dogs, uh, I, I would say Penn State, but I'm not really, I don't really consider them because they win all their games until they play Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, and they lost their senior quarterback too. Yeah, see what I'm saying? So I don't really pay attention to them because until they beat both of those teams, like every year or in one year, then yeah. But even if they did beat, they beat Ohio State one year, like on the last play of the game, and still end up losing to like someone else. You know what I'm saying? So it really didn't matter because you already lost. So you're not even going to the national championship game. So, but they did go to the Rose Bowl that year, which was pretty cool. Uh, I think they ended up losing to USC. I think it was uh, Darnold's 
uh, last year there. So they still have a really good head coach, man. Yeah, man. I I, I, I actually they believe in James Franklin. I believe in James Franklin more so than you know a lot of people do because he's a good coach, man. He, he's really just building up. I think, like I said, I think he's some skilled players away. I think he needs like some difference makers either at the quarterback position or on the defensive line, you know, someone's going to make a, make a difference, you know, every single day, every single Saturday, you know? So, but like I said, good program, great coach, but uh, uh, I'm looking at Maryland, man. That's one school that I'm looking at uh, to take a step forward, you know, because uh, they got Tua's little brother. He's coming back for his senior year. So I'm excited to see if he can uh, really get them to where they're going. I think Coach Mike Loxley, who's a, a former Bama assistant, I think that was the spot for him. Uh, he recruits very good in that area, uh, which is really why uh, we got Tua in the first place, you know, um, because uh, why they got Tua in the first place, I mean, or Tua's little brother, to be uh, exact. Um because you know he trusted him he's like hey i gotta start my program somewhere why not take this guy you know so i think so uh i'm not sure if rakeem jared left yet but rakeem jared's uh definitely he got drafted i want to say he got drafted i think he did in one of the middle rounds i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure he got drafted this past year oh this past april or whatever okay okay no that's fair that was his top target Right, right. That's what I was saying, man. Um, I, if he if if he got drafted, then he's not there. But if he is still there, that would be awesome for for uh, for Maryland offensively. So I mean, they have a tough task going through, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Penn State or whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I said, anything's possible, man. If you can play some offense and some defense, so any given Saturday, anybody can get it. <laughs> He did get drafted by Tampa Bay. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah, it was bugging me. I needed to know. Okay. Well, he's not gonna play. He's not gonna win anything. <laughs> <laughs> but anything's possible. Anything's possible. But uh, another team I'm I'm looking at is uh Michigan uh Michigan State man. Uh, that's a yeah. Interesting yeah, Mel Tucker man. Uh, his first year there or his second year, uh. They, they win 11 games or so, something like that, bowl game. And um, Kenneth Walker is your Dope Walker Award winner. Um, and, you know, you have some really ex- some good ex- success, right? But last season just seemed like they just fell off the map, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Five wins. Yeah. Yep. See? So uh, they fell off the map. Uh, whether it be defense or offense, uh, they just weren't good at all, man. Uh, and the game against Michigan was a laugher, if you want to say that. <laughs> that wasn't close at all, to the point where the players were joking at the uh, they were joking at the press conference, you know what I'm saying? And then I think they had a fight last year, too. So, uh, after the game, so that doesn't help, you know what I'm saying? It's a good rivalry. Yeah, I mean, that's a good rivalry, you know what I'm saying? But you, you know, you, know, you fight after you fight during the game, man, not afterwards. And the game was a complete, it was trash to quote the young generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was it was trash and you shouldn't even be fighting. You should just went home, you know, because <laughs> you didn't come to the game. 
but uh, that's an interesting storyline because another struggling season for him, and it's a hot seat for him. I hate to say oh, it. Yeah. I really, really like Mel Tucker. He's come a long way. But um, he is going to be on the hot seat, man. They gave him that big extension after that uh, big season he had a couple years ago. So they want to see some return on their investment. So I think uh, a struggle season, I think it's definitely going to be on the hot seat for him. Uh, and then the last team I'm, I'm interested, that's an interesting storyline, is uh, Nebraska, man. Uh, yeah, Matt Rule uh, coming there is very, very good, man, in my opinion, because he has a very good track record of uh, rebuilding teams. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, knows he got a fire from the Carolina Panthers, but that's just pro ball, man. It's just how it goes. I don't really think that he was bad or whatever. I don't think that the Carolina Panthers were good. And I think, you know, they wanted to kind of, I guess, just, you know, stay even kill. Like they knew they were going to be bad. So it wasn't terrible. But now, you know, it's time to go in a different direction, which is fine. Whatever. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't put that on him. You know, more so than anything. But going back to his college uh, uh, career, I mean, track record at Temple. He's a winner there. Uh, he's a winner at Baylor when they were going through their tough time. Uh, rebuilt them. You know, kind of made it a little easy for David Randa, huh? He left a couple of right. full, didn't he? You know, a little bit. Yeah. So David Randa, you know, had a lot to work with. You know what I'm saying? So. I expect Matt Rule to really rebuild Nebraska. I'm not saying they're going to win championships or whatever, but I think they'll be respectable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got your diehards that want to win championships every year. But uh, but I think for them, just getting back to respectable football is key. You know what I'm saying? So Building a culture and identity. Exactly, exactly. Just the culture. I don't know what Nebraska football is at this point. I mean, do you know what Nebraska football is right now? I don't I know what Nebraska football used to be. Right. You know I, what I'm saying? I don't know if they know who they are right now, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he's a really good recruiter. Like you said, I think he uh if anybody's gonna rebuild him, I think he will. But the bad thing is when he was at the Baylor, he was in the Big Twelve. This is the Big Ten. And the Big Ten's definitely a tougher conference. But I think he'll uh, – they can definitely compete compete in the West. I mean, the West is wide open, in my opinion. The East is more congested with the couple of teams that are always there, you know. Yeah, like, like I, you're right, man. Uh, I forgot they were in the West, actually. So, I mean, anything's possible in the West, man. Because, what, Purdue went to the title game last year, you know. Yeah. So, but we'll get into uh, – uh, the conference championship predictions because I, I'm interested to see how you what you see about that. But closing out uh, the storylines this year, uh, like I said, my expectations for Nebraska are actually pretty high, man. Uh, under um, Scott Frost, uh, uh, last couple years, uh, I felt like I felt like he took that job thinking it was gonna be like it was when he played there, and 
that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? They in a different conference, man, different kind of players, all kind of different things. But you know what? The fight in the team was there. You know, I just – because they didn't lose many games by a lot of points. They weren't mm-hmm. going out or anything like that. So the fight was there. It was just, you know, the maybe the message was coming across different. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. like, you know, coming into that that net that was last year before Matt Rule took over, I thought the message probably got a little stale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, you know, we were fighting team, but – uh, it just didn't you know, work out, you know what I'm saying? I hate it because he's an alumni and a really, really good player for them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I hate it for him. But, uh, but like I said, Nebraska is definitely like a sleeper team for me coming into this season. You know, uh, you know one team who I'm looking out for? Yep, good. Wisconsin? You know what? They got Luke Fickle. He's coming in to be the head coach. That's true. They got Tanner Mordecai coming in from SMU. He can sling the hell out of the damn ball. That's true. The guy's got 20. He's got 24 starts under his belt. He's a Davey O'Brien finalist. Two-year starter, over 7,000 yards passing and 72 touchdowns in two years I of SMU. I forgot Luke Fickle was there. I forgot. I would have put them on. I, I could definitely see Wisconsin shocking people. Obviously, Wisconsin's a good football school, but they have a really good quarterback, and I think Luke Fickle will do a good job over there. Especially on defense, man. Like, Wisconsin Wisconsin doesn't need a lot to win. Like, they, their blueprint has kind of been the same since the 80s. It feels like 80s, 90s. Like, it just, they run the ball, and when they play good defense, they play good defense, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I think they might open it up though this year, dude. If you got a guy who could sling the rock like that, let him sling true, it. True, man. But I mean, the, I don't know, man. You got he's coming from Cincinnati too. And I mean, and but said, but I don't yeah. think he lost his roots though. You know, in terms of like his Big Ten, because you know Luke Fickle played in the Big Ten, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't think he he uh, loses his uh his blue his Big Ten uh, roots at all. I think because uh, at Cincinnati, although they passed the ball a little bit, their running game was was really, really good. You know, uh, they had a guy from Bama on their team, uh, Jer- Jer- Jerome Ford, and he single-handedly was the reason why they almost beat Georgia in that, uh, that uh, Peach Bowl a couple of years ago. So, yeah. um, and he got to the playoff, uh, was that, uh, not last year, but the year before, uh, so, you know, he has that under his resume as well. So, um, I'm pretty sure that had a lot to do with him getting that job. You know what I'm saying? Being able to, you know, get, uh, Cincinnati into that playoff as a group of five. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like, I like Wisconsin a lot now that you mentioned their quarterback situation, because I think that would help that affected them last year a lot. So, um, well, Graham Mertz was inconsistent. He wasn't a bad quarterback, but. I mean, to compete with those teams in the East, you needed a guy who can go out there and open your offense up if need be. Because obviously, like you said, they're going to run the ball. But if you if you have that second option to be able to go down the field quick, there's your guy. Yeah, like I said, man, I think today, man, quarterback play is like the biggest thing, man. And, and I don't think you win without a good quarterback in any league we're talking Sun Belt division three I don't think you win without a quarterback nowadays so quarterback's essential it can't yeah. just be yeah you can hand the ball off every time but your quarterback's gonna have to drop back and throw at some point yeah you don't have to throw because 
when the game is on the line and you fourth and four, I don't think you're running. I mean, you'd be – No, I wouldn't think you so. Have, you would have some stones if you ran on fourth and four to, to, <laughs> be to win the game. <laughs> you know, you, you got some stones to do that, man, because that's tough. To fourth and four, yeah. man, and, and you're a running team and they load the box on you and you still run, man, that's tough. You got some balls. That's but, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, like I said, we're getting to this next segment. But to close out the last segment, man, uh, storylines in this league are definitely pretty good. Uh, I think I think this league, I think Big Ten gonna be real interesting, man. Like I don't think it's gonna go as easy as people think. I think some teams are gonna lose, and I think some teams are uh, gonna uh, win some games that uh that they're not supposed to. And I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's gonna change the the conference a lot, but uh, but moving into this next segment, man, uh, top returning players this uh this coming in this year, man. I think. I mean, it, what you got? I mean, you can go first. Oh no, 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 you go first. Go first. Go first, man. Go first. Right, let's see. So I mean, off top, I mean, JJ McCarthy's probably got to be number one. I mean, of course, he's only got about a season under his belt, but I mean. To say they benched their quarterback they had before, he's obviously transferred out. I mean, he came up really clutch. He can throw. He can scramble. He can make plays. Obviously, he does have a problem turning the ball over in big moments. But uh, I definitely think that he's someone to look out for as well as how you said uh, Talia as well. I think uh, Maryland's going to be a dark horse out of the East this year for sure, in my opinion. I think he. Uh, I think he's a playmaker. I think they're gonna fly under the radar and stun a lot of teams. Okay, okay, okay. Anybody else that surprised you? Anybody else so far? You know, this. I mean, they still Ohio State still has Trevion Henderson, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's in his junior year this year. I think so. I think then uh, I'd probably say Trevion Henderson because you got to think they have a quarterback with little to no experience, and I don't know how much Ryan Day is gonna put the ball in his hands to make plays. Trevion Henderson's a good player. I think he'll definitely get a hefty workload this year. They have great receivers too, but I think they're going to run the ball. Yeah, every year, every year they got good receivers, man. That's ridiculous how many good receivers they got, man. But I think, I think the top dog this year, man, to me is uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Man, he's yeah, that is a he, breakout. He's the top dude, man. Uh, NFL draft people talk about him being one of the best receiving prospects in a long time. So uh, he's top dog, man. Uh, I think, you know, they go as far as he go. You know, you mentioned the uh, inexperience at quarterback for them. Um, uh, Like I said, your quarterback's best friend is a run game. But it doesn't hurt to have a 6'4 receiver that can do everything either, does it? That's true. So I think I mean, they give him they put him in the right position. I mean, Harrison's gonna get the ball regardless. Man. But, but if they put the quarterback in good positions to win, he'll definitely do well. Yeah, man. Just like I think Ryan Day is gonna simplify things for him. Uh I don't think it's gonna be I don't think he's gonna have too much leash. I think he's gonna kind of maybe one or two reads and maybe do some read options or whatever. But I think his stuff's gonna be simple. Uh, you're not gonna overload him, but shoot, man, um, the way these freshmen, young quarterbacks are coming into college football now, 
you can give them a, a bigger plate. They can handle it because these systems are similar to how they run in high school and they do all mm-hmm. these open leagues and everything. So I, I don't, I don't, it won't surprise me if the quarterback plays out of his mind because he could be prepared. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. having Marvin uh, Harrison and uh, Travion Henderson, as you mentioned, doesn't help, doesn't hurt at all. I mean, you're a young quarterback and you have a stud receiver and a stud running back. Like I said, I don't think that's really going to do anything. But uh, next guy I'm looking at is uh, Blake Corum, man, um, from Michigan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, Michigan is a running school. They run the ball a lot. So they just need uh, adequate quarterback play. But last season – uh, what's his name? J.J. McCarthy, is that what you said his name yeah. was? Uh, obviously, his ability to throw the deep ball uh, helped him beat Ohio State last year. Uh, he hit a lot of big plays uh, against them. So, uh, and I don't think they win without those his, his ability to hit the deep ball, you know? So, um, but Blake Corm coming back, you know, is uh, almost a 1,600-yard uh, rusher. So, mm-hmm. You know, you have that stability. I would love to know uh, how that knee injury is affecting him. Uh, but mm. but if he shows no signs, man, of uh, slowing down or whatever, I think uh, he'll be a main uh, cog in their system, man. And they have another running back that's really good, too. And I think he came back, uh, number seven, uh, Don or something like that. Uh, but if they have that two-headed monster like they had last year, I think they could easily beat Ohio State, you know what I'm saying, three years in a row, which I don't think has happened in a very long time. So, uh, But he's definitely a big piece of that. If he can do what he needs to do, I think he's good, man. And uh, one more one more person that I'm thinking about is, uh, is Hudson Carr going to Purdue, man. Uh, From Texas, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So – uh, I saw some good things from him at Texas. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't think he would be able to compete with uh, Quinn Ewers anyway because uh, mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers is just an uber quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He's just really good, man. I'm sorry. He's just that guy, right? And it's hard to beat a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, if you remember Clemson back in the day when Trevor Lawrence first got there, Kelly Bryant was the guy. But yeah. Trevor Lawrence is just that guy. So Quinn Ewers, kind of that situation kind of reminds me of the same thing with a uh, cousin card at Texas. Uh, you just can't beat a guy like that, man. Talent is just too good. You know what I'm saying? You're a great player as well, but you know, you're not that guy, you know what I'm saying? Especially when the fan base wants the guy, the new guy in there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's hard to, it's hard to do that. And another situation that kind of reminds me of that is uh Georgia and Justin Fields. Um, mm. that situation, you know, was reversed, you know, vice versa because yeah, him because, Jake Fromm. Exactly. So obviously, you know, Jake Fromm, you know, didn't do anything wrong. And Cutson Cart really didn't do anything wrong. But you can't deny that new guy a chance to really kind of assert itself. And um it cost them a national championship game, if you ask me. Um, because I think if you let Justin Fields play, I think his uh, dual threat ability might actually have helped their run game a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to watch him too. 
and you just throw the ball right over your head, you know. But Hudson Card uh, transfers to Purdue. Uh, uh, Purdue uh, loses uh, their their head coach. Uh, he goes to Louisville, uh, obviously, I think yeah. taking over uh, Bobby Petrino or something like that, or maybe somebody else. I'm not really sure. But um, he goes to, to Louisville, and they get uh, another – uh, coach, so uh, Hudson Card can really help his draft stock going to Purdue, and I think I think they're not gonna be a downhill. They're not gonna be a spread team for real. I don't think so because I think their offensive the the head coach they have is the offensive coordinator from uh, Illinois. So Brett Bielema coaches at Illinois, so he ain't passing the ball too much. So I don't think they passing the ball that much. I think uh I think they're gonna have a, a tougher team. And um I don't like I said, I don't know if they make any noise like going back to the championship game, but Hudson Card's a good guy and I really kind of want to see how he continues to grow. Cause I saw some good things, like I said, at Texas. And I think with this opportunity he can really flourish and you know, hey, make some money. You know what I'm saying? I always say uh that. You know what I'm saying? You can make some money by playing really good. You know what I'm saying? And people may count you out, but it only takes one person, one team to fall in love with you. And there you go. So, uh, like I said, I think he'd be good, man. So, uh, like I said, any other players that kind of bring – any other players that, that kind of stand out to you? You kind of touched base on the guys that I was going to – if I had any more, I think you kind of touched base on the guys I was going to go back to. Okay, okay, nah, 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 cool, cool, man. Nah, just trying trying to get uh get break the conference down, man. Like I said, I think uh it's a great conference and I think uh uh returning players that we mentioned, I think gonna have big seasons, man. I don't think teams win. I don't think the teams that we, we mentioned win without those players, you know. So yeah. So let's get into this prediction for the uh the conference championship game. Uh, you go first, man. Go ahead, man. What you think from Easter? So I'm gonna probably get a lot of shit or a lot of flack for what I'm gonna say. I don't see Ohio State making the title game. I think it's gonna be something different. I think it's gonna be between Maryland and Michigan in the East. I'm high. I think I'm really high on Maryland. I think they got a lot of momentum. Obviously, like you said, they lost a number one receiver, but you have a guy who's a playmaker. Maybe not the same kind of prototype as his brother. But I think he's a winner. Although I think I'll take Michigan out of the East. I don't think Maryland's going to make it easy. I think Penn State will be in there as well. But uh, I'm not going to say Ohio State loses games, but I think they're going to lose certain games that uh, won't allow them to have that opportunity, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And to be honest with you, the Big Ten is kind of a cannibalistic conference, man. Like, at the top, they beat everybody. So they get to the you know decide the champion, right? But at the bottom, Michigan State will beat Maryland. Maryland will beat Nebraska. Purdue will beat Penn State. And then you just have a bunch of people just eating each other up to the point where Michigan and Ohio State the only ones that's undefeated. And then somebody coming out the other division, you know. So, uh, but yeah. like I said, man, it's a it's, it's pretty cool, man. All right, so. I think uh I think Wisconsin comes out the west though. Okay, so Wisconsin out the west. I think it'll be Michigan, Wisconsin in the Big Ten title. Michigan and Wisconsin. Okay. All right. All right. 
I I like that. I like that. Somebody coming out of the East besides Ohio State, but Michigan and Maryland. I can see that. I can really see that because Maryland, like I said, Maryland is a they they have a, a experienced quarterback Tulia. So, um, like I said, I like that. I like that a lot. That made me think a little bit. I was like, man, Ohio State, like Ohio State, man, really? Call me an Ohio State hater, but I just it's time to sell the box. I mean, I don't think they're guaranteed. To be at 11 and 11 and 1, 11 and 2 again this year. I don't think they lose anything more than four games. Four games is almost blasphemy to say, but I, I genuinely think Michigan is going to, Michigan's going to come out of the East with Maryland riding their coattails. I think Penn State will be right there. Okay. All right. So, so my prediction um, for the conference championship game is actually Ohio State coming out of the East, man. I think that. They feeling that pressure, man. It's been a long time since they lost to Michigan, like three years in a row. So coming into that point of the season, you know, having multiple losses, man, that would tank. That would change my whole prediction, right? If they lost a couple games, right? But since everybody's undefeated at this point, since the season hasn't started yet, I just think that. They don't want to lose to Michigan at all, but I think they they could slip up, like you said, looking forward to that game. Like that, the game before they play Michigan is crucial in whatever conference championship picture they want for themselves because mm-hmm. whatever they're playing before that could probably sneak up and get them if they're looking ahead of that. But I just think mm-hmm. athlete for athlete, player for player, I just think Ohio State's a good squad, man. And they just have too much for Michigan this year. You know what I'm saying? Even with a young quarterback, but I think the running game, like you mentioned, and they have this, uh, I don't know his last name, but they have this defensive end. And he single-handedly destroyed Penn State by himself. A couple interceptions, touchdown. Anything, force fumble, whatever you want to call it, he was a game record. So I think he's kind of going to be the nucleus of that defense moving forward this year. And I think that kind of that's going to help them beat Michigan and ultimately get into the championship game. Because if they play like they play, nobody's beating them. And it comes down to Michigan and Ohio State. And I think they get it. Now, as far as the West is concerned, man, that's that's just a conundrum of um, of of teams, man, that could really beat each other. Because, shoot, Northwestern was in the uh, Big Ten championship game a couple years ago. And 1-11 last year. Yeah, 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 1-11, right? So, they got a good coach. Matt Fitzgerald's not a bad coach. No, not at all. And I think that's why he's safe. I don't think that's – I don't think he's going anywhere. Because he – you know, I think he played there too, actually, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's an all-monitor guy. So, if anybody can fix it, I think it's him. But, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they make some noise. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but my winner is Illinois, man. Uh, I think they're coming out of the West, I believe. They – Brett Bielema has something there. You know what I'm saying? I was upset that Lovey Smith was there because he was such a good coach in the NFL. And I was like, man, I just don't – I don't like him there. You know what I'm saying? But – 
I like what he did there. And he left some good players. And Brett Bielema just implemented his hard-nosed, blue-collar way of coaching, man. I loved him when he coached in uh, Arkansas. And I loved him when he coached at Wisconsin. I think that's where he was. So uh, I like what he did at Illinois last year, man. They really did some good stuff, man. Um, they, I think they beat Penn State uh, earlier in the year. Like, I think when they introduced the uh, – the new overtime rules, you know what I'm saying? They actually played a good game against them. Uh, and, you know, they ran the ball, man. Uh, their running back uh, went to the league, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's going to change some things. But one thing I know about uh, Brett Bielema offense is that it's going to – running backs or a dozen, man. As long as you don't fumble and you run, move forward, you can you can run in that offense, you know. So I think it'd be good, man. I think losing the offensive coordinator is gonna be a question mark. But like I said, I just think they're tough enough on both both lines of scrimmages to really just run through that division. I don't think anybody has what they have up front. And as far as winning the championship game, I just think if Ohio State gets there, they're gonna win because they just have too much. But mm. I say I will say this though, it's gonna be a tougher than people think. I don't think it's gonna be a wash like last year. Um, I think if Illinois gets there and it'd be tough up front, but like I said, I just think Ohio State just has too many of those too, many, uh, too much fireball. Yeah, too much. So uh that's my winner, man. Ohio State, man. Ohio State versus the Illinois championship game, uh Lucas Oil Stadium. So yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was nice, man. That was good. That was nice. That was a nice prediction, man. You surprised me a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, like I said, now we're getting to our favorite segment, the best segment of all segments on any podcast. The top five segment of Football Frame of Mind podcast. The top five segment today is top Big Ten head coaches of all time, top five. Now, this is, like I said at the beginning, this is a historic um, conference. Uh, it has so many coaches, man. Gosh, when you go through the research, these guys, like so many guys, man, and, and it's guys that won't even get on the list, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm interested to see, man, who you got. All right. So at number five, I got a... Uh... I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, Bo Schembechler from Michigan. Mm-hmm. He coached okay. 69 89. The guy's got a record of 194, 48 and 5. 13 conference titles. Top 25, 24 out of 25 years. Consistent okay. wins. Didn't make it to win a national title, but just, I mean, 13 conference titles, that's a lot, even yeah. for that time period. So I've got him at number five. Okay. Uh, number four. You might have him higher. I've got Urban Meyer at four. Okay. 83 and nine at Ohio State. Got a national title with Ezekiel hey, 83 Elliott. 83 and nine. 83 and nine at Ohio State. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Good record. Just maybe not as much longevity as some of these other guys. Like I said, he does have a national title at Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott. He just had three Big Ten titles to go with that. So, I mean, still really impressive. If he had been there longer, it would be. Way more impressive, but obviously we know he had got an opportunity to go to the NFL, and that didn't happen to pan out. But respect still. Okay. Okay. Uh, number three, we'll go Jim Trestle. 
Okay. A 94-22 record. He's a one in three in national titles. I mean, obviously not great, but I mean, one title is better than no titles. Controversial. They went up 14 and 0. So I think Jim Trestle was a really good coach. A really good coach at all levels, especially at Youngstown State. Won a few division, I think, two titles down there as well. So uh, I've got him at number three. Wow, Youngstown State, that's like Ohio too. So he's just like an Ohio guy, huh? Mm -hmm. He's probably, I think they had him as like the most winningest coach in the state of Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but something to think about. Yeah, but that, but uh, not to cut your list off, man, but that just kind of makes it understandable why he dominated in Ohio State as far as recruiting wise. Because Mm -hmm. like, nobody. Yeah, nobody was going to go. The top players only want to go to Ohio State. So, uh, yeah, and then he would know all the local coaches and everything. So mm-hmm. he had a really good, really good thing, man. Man, man. The thing, like I said, he went 94 and 22, bro. That's a damn good record. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> uh, number two, I got Joe Paterno. Longevity. The guy coached from 66 to 2011. 409 victories, two national titles in the 82 and 86, and three Big Ten titles. The guy's a legend. Obviously, there's, there's controversy around his name, but I'm not going to speak on that. But as a head coach and from a football perspective, the guy's one of the greatest to ever do it. He's got the most wins in FBS history. The guy knew how to recruit. The guy knew how to coach. The guy knew how to get it done. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at number one, they had a guy from Ohio State, Woody Hayes, from 51 to 78. Guys, 205, 61, and 10. Got 13 Big Ten titles and five national titles. Obviously, a lot. I would say a lot before our time, but, I mean, dude, stats speak for themselves. Five natties and 13 conference titles. I mean, you can't deny greatness. Regardless of what era it was in, you got to think. You're going from the 50s, a really just handoff, no throw at all, going into the late 70s where the offenses started opening up a little bit, the quarterback positions changing. They're starting to throw the ball a lot more. I, I've got him at number one. I mean, national titles don't lie. Regardless of what era you're in, I'll take him at one. Yeah, because, like I said, the national title scene, even back then, man, it's not like uh, it's not like today. Obviously, you got different publications or whatever that give their national title winner, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, you're still going to have to play the best team in a bowl game. You know what I'm saying? So even though you beat everybody in your conference, you're still going to have to play, you know, uh, Bear Bryant's Bama, or you're going to have to play um, maybe another great quarterback or a team like that, like Pittsburgh or something like that uh, with Dan Marino at that time. You're going to have to play a team like Georgia with Herschel Walker going into the 80s or whatever. You know, in the 60s, you got, like, people like – I want to say uh, Roger Staubach, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to have to play some good players going into, you know, the championship picture. So the fact that he's got five of those, I think, speaks dividends for how good he really was. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, man, uh, great list, man. Wow. Uh, Trestle, uh, that really that, that really messed me up a little bit. I was like, man, I forgot how good he really was, especially with that, uh, that Heisman, Troy Smith. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, that's so, another that's another accolade you can put on there. 
Yep, yep, most definitely. So, um, so my top five list, man. I'm actually gonna combine Urban and uh and Trestle at, you know, at five, uh, because both of them, you know, had success and really the same amount of success, if you ask me. Um, Urban obviously rebuilt that program after leaving Florida. Wasn't even I wasn't even gonna question his ability to coach, man. It was just how long he was gonna do it. And while he did it, man, I think that's what 90% win percentage he had. Uh national championship, probably the biggest upset in the college football era, uh Ohio State over Bama that year. So uh to get them boys ready to play uh, and change the course of our team flat out. Uh, that game really did. And as far as Trestle is concerned, Trestle, man, uh, like you said, consistency, always winning. I think he had an eight-game win streak against Michigan um, at that in that particular time frame. They couldn't – Michigan couldn't catch a break <laughs> against him. He was not playing. So um, I put them two uh, at five, man. Those two really did some things. Championship of peace, really good players. Uh, I don't think Urban got a – Heisman winner, but a whole bunch of draft picks, though, by the way. So, uh, both of them, by the way. So, uh, five, definitely. So, uh, four, I'm gonna go Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin, man. Um, obviously, uh, he had success, uh, as a head coach, but uh, to keep to win uh, Heisman with Ron Dane, uh, he coached them, uh, he won two or three Rose Bowls, uh, so you know, consistently they were uh, winning. And he actually continued uh, his Wisconsin um, lifestyle as the AD. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Mr. Beat, man. They've been in a couple Rose Bowls uh, as the AD. So uh, he knows what he's doing. He's ha- he's hired some good coaches, uh, Paul Chris, Brett Bielema, uh, to name a few. So under his watch, man, Wisconsin football hasn't gone anywhere. They've always been in the picture in the Big Ten. And uh, so I, I like him uh, definitely for man. And fun fact, uh, he fired the coach and then coached the team in the bowl game, and they won. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, he came back and coached, man. Uh, that was pretty fun to to, uh, to actually read. Uh, so uh, probably uh, Barry Alvarez, number four. Uh, number three for me is uh, Lloyd Carr at Michigan. Uh, Lloyd Carr uh, has some really good teams, man. Uh, obviously, he ran into uh, Jim Trestle. I think I think he ran into Jim Trestle at uh, at Ohio State, and it was tough to beat him, man. But uh, he did. He beat them. Uh, he ended that eight game win streak uh, with them. And uh, he his big highlight is uh, the '97 national championship, uh, and he coached the. Um, only primary defensive player to win the Heisman is Charles Woodson. So, uh, mm. so I think I think that deserves some things, some uh, some accolades on my list, man. To let a guy that you know is really good, just let him flow, man. Let him do his thing, you know. And I, I appreciate a coach for doing that. And uh, he just kept Michigan in the picture, man. I think that consistency to me, um, definitely. And he did it kind of in a short time frame too. Like he only coached from like the nineties to like 2000 or something like that. So not like uh, the other guys, like you're talking like 20 years or so, 
but uh, he definitely did his thing, you know. So right. that's number three, obviously, Lloyd Carr did his thing. Uh, but number two, uh, Joe Paterno, man. Um, like I said, championships, uh, he got those wins. He got those. You know, obviously, the controversy at the end of his tenure uh, kind of speaks volumes. But like I said, I won't really get into that like you like you said, man, because I don't think – I don't think it's worth getting into because if we're talking football, it speaks for itself. He did his thing. Uh, obviously, two national championships, uh, 82 and 86. But the team that should have won was that 99 team with uh, Le- LeVar Arrington. And uh, I don't know if Kijana Carter was there. But uh, definitely appreciate him. Uh, and what he did, man, longevity, like so long, man. Gosh, to coach so long and to be so good for so long and the line mm-hmm. players, everything just to come through that school, man. I think when you think of Penn State, you think of him. Like he has to be on a Mount Rushmore because he's probably the one that built it. <laughs> so uh great player. I mean, great coach, man, uh, great man, and definitely uh He'll be missed, man. Glad, uh, sad that he uh, passed away, like right after getting fired, man. He never really got to see where his program went after that, but he put a lot of sweat, blood, and sweat and tears in it and uh, got him two championships, man. And uh, he did his thing. So, uh, but uh, one and two, I think we got the same ones, uh, Paterno and then Woody Hayes at Ohio State, man. Uh, like I said, the win percentage is there. Uh, obviously had a good record against Michigan. A bunch of conference championships, as you mentioned. And the five national championships, man, speaks for itself, man. Uh, to win in that era, man, to have, like, good teams constantly like that and to finish the deal and, you know, and uh, to be the best teams like that. Uh, I think went a long way, man. Uh, cement his legacy, man. Uh, people don't really understand, uh, don't understand Big Ten history for real sometime. But him and Bo Schembechler uh, had a really good relationship, man, as rivals. And um, But they went back and forth, man. But those games were really good between them and Michigan. So uh, <clears throat> for years, they went back and forth. So, you know, hey, I like to see that two coaches that have a uh, respect for each other but uh, want to win, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I like that a lot. So uh Woody Hayes man a lot of good good players good championships good win percentage number one on my list man so we had number one and two together that was pretty cool mm-hmm. so, yeah man but uh yeah great list man great show uh big 10 exciting conference look forward to kind of seeing some games on ESPN and uh really you know really seeing what they got to do you know what I'm saying so yes sir so episode four, I think we did real good today. I hope all our subscribers, all our viewers uh, love what they see, love the content we put out there. So any anything you got to say before we get out of here, bro? Uh-huh. Well, we've covered the ACC, not the ACC, the SEC and the Big Ten. Next episode, we're going to break down the ACC, quarterbacks, coaches. We'll have another top five segment, but we're not going to give that up. That'll be a surprise. Just be patient. You guys have a good time and a – Feel free to comment if there's things you like, things maybe you like to see. Drop comments in the comments section. All right, man. Thanks.
Yes, sir. All right, let's get out of here. Let's roll. All right, later. Later.